You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Azure Mahara, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Lynn Molitor. Hello. And Laura McBain. Hi, everyone. Well, ladies, why don't we get started? We always hear about the questions that job seekers should ask in an interview and how they should present themselves, but we don't hear a lot about questions that they should not ask. So I just kind of wanted to go over that today. Um, I had read an article that just basically kind of went over different things you should and shouldn't say, or actually just shouldn't say (laughs) in an interview. So um, one of them that I thought was kind of kind of interesting was the one that I'm I'm nervous telling the people in the interview that you were nervous and they the article said that there's nothing wrong with feeling nervous but then opening that and and showing that kind of um I can't think of the word right now vulnerability maybe <laughs> thank you vulnerability um you know it just it wasn't put doesn't put you in the best light what did you guys think I didn't have all that much trouble with that. And someone else Mm -hmm. had commented in the article, you know, at the bottom Mm -hmm. of the article for comments. Um, I don't think it's bad to say. Um, I wouldn't, like, focus on it. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that one didn't bother me as much as some of the other ones. I don't know. I think the—anytime that you're saying bad things about your former boss or the company you work with, I think that bothers me a whole lot more than just— you know, admitting to the fact that you're a little nervous. It is nerve-wracking to go into an interview almost any time, you know, no matter what the circumstance. I think it's normal to be nervous. Right. Again, you don't want to focus on it. Yeah, whole, maybe it's a problem time, when you're not nervous. <laughs> well, that could be too. <laughs> really overly confident. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yeah Lauren, you had said that, you know, some of the other ones and some of the other ones were, um, you know, like you said, smashing on your, your mm-hmm. ex-boss or your ex-job um, or saying that you don't know much about the job you're interviewing for. That That's one. a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought of Jacqueline when I read that yeah. one. I was like, oh, she would not like yep. that. Got to no. be prepared. <laughs> or saying that one of your weaknesses is, you know, like if you're bad at math, but you're going for an accounting position. Like, <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> no. Don't have your bad quality be something that you're going to be doing. <laughs> And the other one that kind of stood out to me is the one where, can I work from home? Or if they're asking right away, how much time off do I get? You know, Right. That one bothers me, Are the me hours too. flexible? You know, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, even if you are flexible at work, it just, if you're, if you're kind of leading in in that first interview with, you know, how much time can I get off? That tells me that you probably don't have a real strong work ethic. I would agree with Laura. That question definitely raises some red flags for me. It's a real turnoff because you don't even have the job yet and you're already asking for things Mm -hmm, before you've mm -hmm. even given anything. So for me personally, that is definitely a red flag and something that um, might make or break the decision for me, depending Mm -hmm, on, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Not focus on the job that you're going to do, but the time you're going to have off well, from because, the job already. Well, you're sending yeah. a message more of what are you going to give to me versus what can I give right. to you. And really that mentality is is very self-serving. And in an environment where you don't really know the, how the corporate culture is, and if you're working in a lot of teams and you're working together, you know, there's – you. it's not very – that that sort of mentality is not necessarily a good fit for that type of organization. Um, so, I mean, some employers may not mind, but p- me personally, it bothers yeah, I, me. I think it would bother me too. Mm-hmm. Two of them that were just kind of no-brainers to me, but I couldn't believe that they even had to put them on the list was 
um, not to swear. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. <laughs> right. What? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Why? It happens though. It I mean, does. people, people, some people do, you know, as the saying goes, swear like a trucker, but. Um, <laughs> or a would, pirate. Or a pirate. Thank you. <laughs> or yeah, a sailor. Right. <laughs> right. No offense to the truckers and yes. pirates and sailors right. out there. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, so maybe that's in your everyday lingo. So maybe you just need to censor yourself. But yeah, I just, I mean, that was kind of funny. Or the other one, um, to take a phone call or answer a text message. Yeah. <laughs> even what? even in the waiting room, we always tell job seekers, just turn your cell phone off. Don't yep. even put it on vibrate. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, don't yeah. even put it on vibrate. Don't put it on silent. Just turn it off mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. turn it back right. on when you're out of the building. Turn yeah. it off. I mean, if you've gotten to the place safely, you know where you're going, you're in the mm-hmm. building, turn it off. Right. Leave it in the car. Yeah. I mean, because, and Jacqueline, you said this, but just to retouch on it, even when you're in the waiting room and you're sitting there, instead of looking over your resume and kind of prepping, like, okay, thinking about the interview, you're on Facebook or you're, you know, texting your friends and you're sitting in the lobby and they're like, oh, oh, and you're like, oh, and you're like, put it down. Then you're also opening yourself up to just your your mind's not in that mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. zone. You know what I mean? So just leave it in the car. Yeah. yeah. I've had that happen before. Oh, it's, you have? It's hysterically funny when it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> You can't believe the phone's ringing, and then you can't believe the person's answering it. Oh, my god! And they're like, oh, do you mind? No, no, go ahead. You know, <laughs> to say you're not going to hire them. But it's right, like, yeah. No, go oh, ahead, so- and when you're done, you can see yourself out. <laughs> there you go, yeah. You know what? Why don't you just take that call downstairs on the sidewalk? <laughs> yeah, this interview is over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't recently, though. I will say that. It wasn't well, here. That's good. <laughs> it, was, it was a few years ago, let me tell you. So there are just a um, few things that we, you know, wanted to touch on for our listeners. Listeners to let you know, please don't do those things in an interview. Um, if you the, want the job. Right. If you want the job. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you want saying, the job, right. <laughs> the saying the wrong thing can hold you back from getting a job, which brings us to our next topic, being held back professionally. So, Laura, why don't you kick us off? Good transition. I like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> this is always a topic that is of interest to me for a number of reasons. Um, number one, I took a lot of women's studies in college, <laughs> so I found those classes fascinating. Um, But number two, I mean, I have to agree with it. I mean, I think home life does hold professional women back. I mean, I know I made choices in my career early on that I would take jobs that would allow me more flexibility. And, you know, in doing so, you do kind of, you know, I think hold yourself back and, you know, you're – you don't have the opportunity to do if, you know, you went gung-ho and and didn't – didn't make those kind of accommodations, but it's it was the kind of the statistics to me were a little bit startling. Um, well, the article. Do you that? want to go over some of those statistics? Oh yeah, the article um, was talking about why women are so underrepresented re- represented in professional positions, and only twenty of Fortune five hundred CEOs are females, which is a, you know very very low amount. And and we've proven time and time again that women can do the job that men can do. Obviously. Um, and they also occupy only 16.6% of board seats at those companies. Um, and then there was a new survey that was conducted by, I think it was LinkedIn, that tried to explore a little bit deeper why and what exactly is keeping women from achieving success. And the results, they had some interesting results. 38% of the women saw themselves uh, being promoted to senior leadership, only 38% at their current employer. Um, and they pointed just to a few things, you know, lack of promotional opportunities was one, 41% cited that. 
And then the other 30 huge chunks said reluctance to take time away from their families or, or personal time. So, I mean, a lot of it is us kind of, I think, restricting ourselves in a sense. And, and you know, 20% also said they didn't really want to stay at their companies long enough to be promoted. So that was 20%, which was kind of interesting, too. So I don't know what everybody else thought of that and if you've had any experience with that. But I know that it does hurt women. Um, you know, when you, you couple that with the Equal Pay Act and all that other stuff. And it, it's kind of interesting, I thought. I, you know, I thought it was interesting that the, the article had proposed a question if flex time was the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in that section, it also said that, um, you know, some another statistic that Laura had said was that the 26 percent of women who work from home um, can see themselves getting promoted. So it's only 26 percent where there was yeah. a 40 percent of women that worked in office. So a much higher percentage of women that felt they had the chance to get promoted or would get promoted if they were in office. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if flex time would be the answer in that <laughs> in that case. It's tough, yeah. Well, I, I, it was interesting, I think, in that article that you had sent to us earlier, The there was a, an example of a woman who chose to um, be with her family, mm-hmm. and she didn't really consider that being held back. Mm-hmm. Right. That was what her goals were, and she found it a happy medium mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the end of the day. So that's, I'm always curious to, th- you know, to really, you know, statistics are one thing, but it's like when you talk to people, it's like, well, did you really think you were held back? Mm-hmm. Or are you happy with the professional decisions that you made? Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm very happy with the decisions I made. But I made the conscious decision to not pursue, you know, a big high-powered career early on in my life. So, I mean, that was a decision I made. So, you know, I was quite satisfied with it. But, I mean, still, it it leads you to think, you know, what would I have done differently, you know, if I hadn't had kids and, you know, made those decisions to take different paths early on. So, I don't know. It was interesting uh, where I used to work. Um, there were a number of uh, women who were being groomed. I mean, it was mm-hmm. obvious to mm-hmm. everyone around that they were being groomed for um, senior yeah. level positions. And then their kids actually went to grade school, and that's when they quit. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, it wasn't. Hmm. it wasn't when they were... Um, you know, toddlers and infants. Yeah, they were doing all the childcare stuff, but then once the kids got into their routines, their school and uh-huh. after school routines, and they went into volunteer at the schools. Oh wow! Okay, they actually oh. quit, and it was like you know the mm-hmm. the organization was kind of like we kind of were grooming you. Yeah, yeah, you- and um, they. They left. Do you guys think that, I mean, obviously having kids, is, you're making sacrifices. I mean, that's mm-hmm. sleep, time, <laughs> money. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's, you know, safe to say, who you know, that there's going to be some career sacrifices. And I think that goes for men and women. Um, but maybe the decision really comes down to, you know, who that somebody's going to be held back at some point. So mm-hmm. if you're fortunate enough to have a father and a mother in a home, like making the decision who should stay home or who needs to to make more of those sacrifices to kind of, I guess, be held back professionally or maybe not consider yourself being held back, but who's that going to be? And maybe it's just more traditional to have the women be that way. But, um, you know, I think that it's just more of a family element. And like you had said, Lynn, like 
you know, these women mm-hmm. or men that are that feel this way. Maybe they don't actually feel that they're being held back, but it's just the statistics pointed out that way. It's interesting. I a number of my friends are the primary breadwinners in their families. Yeah. And um women, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. Is what you're yeah, referring to. Do you have a lot of <laughs> yeah, boyfriends? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You have some guy friends, you know. I don't have a lot of men friends. <laughs> but um they had made the decision with their husbands that they actually had more career opportunities and salary mm-hmm. opportunities. Um in their position. So their husbands decided to be, um, actually one is a stay-at-home dad and the others, um, you know, they just, they work their job and then they come home and then they take care of the the suppers, the yeah. kids, the after-school stuff. So it's interesting. I, I just find it interesting that I have multiple friends yeah. like yeah. this yeah. versus one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, have, I have some friends like that, too. And I think, um, Jacqueline, I'm sorry, were you going to say No, something? I was just thinking, you sort of bring up a good point. I don't have children, but I guess I never really thought to have that conversation to sit down with my spouse and say, mm-hmm. okay, you know, your job requires X amount of hours. My job requires right. X amount of hours. You know, if we're going to be doing family planning, maybe we should decide who has the more flexibility, who's going to be right. taking that responsibility on. That thought never even crossed my mind to probably have that conversation, but I'm not having children, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? And that's a choice. But what I'm saying is, you know, that it just never really I never even right. occurred to me to have that conversation. Okay, let's look right. at your job. Let's look at my job. Who's making more money? Who has more flexibility? And then sort of shift the responsibilities. Right. So maybe, you know, those job seekers or employees out there listening now need to have that conversation yep. and take a step back and decide, okay, how are we going to go about handling this if, you know, the priority is also to, you know, be there present with their children. Because right. there's some people that farm it out to family members or Absolutely. they hire right. someone. So it really yeah. comes down to your priorities and your values. Yeah. And um, for our listeners that don't already know this, I am expecting child. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but So I did it recently have to have that conversation with my husband. And, um, you know, we, we sat down and we talked about it. And it was, you know, for a couple of weeks long. And it wasn't, you know, who's going to give up their career or anything, but where are these sacrifices going to come from? And um, who, like Jacqueline, you said, who has a more flexible schedule? And, um, you know, talking to our our HR departments at our work and just kind of finding out what our options are and things like that. But for our listeners out there, I guess what I'm trying to say is consider when you take time off work, how hard it is to get back into your career when you have a gap in your history. And we see that a lot here at um, the local job network with our, our job seekers. So just keep that in mind. But let's move on to the next topic. Um, so we want, you know, you want to have great communication with your spouse. Um, you want to have it at your job, but that doesn't mean it's always an open floor. <laughs> so Jacqueline, why don't you kick us off into your topic? Well, I just got back from a vacation with my family, and it was a really great time. <laughs> it was a family reunion. We went to Arizona, we went to the Grand Canyon, um, but there was probably about 90 people there. And, you know, when you have that many people together and their family it, you know, you sometimes you just got to let things roll off your back and go with the flow. So I started thinking about how can I parlay that into work? And I'm thinking, oh, we do a lot of team projects and we do a lot of um, collaboration. And I just wanted to get your opinion. You know, 
when you're at work, when is it appropriate? Or when do you guys decide, maybe tips to help our, our younger listeners, when is it appropriate to just go with the flow? And when do you pick your battles and say, no, 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 we got to take a step back and really evaluate this? And, and how does that help? Or have you seen it help sort of foster relationships in the workplace? Because um, we had to do a little repairing at our family reunion. When's the next reunion? Not for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a normal oh, family. That's not good. <laughs> so you know, the the point is that I'm saying, <laughs> the point that I'm saying is, you know, these experience. We're all human. You know, we operate the same way, whether we're with family or whether with work. With work, we're a little bit more, um, maybe have some parameters. But just tell me your experiences and what you can do to. Um, you know, when when do you prioritize? So I I'll go first. Um, <laughs> what I learned is. I took a step step back and just decided, okay, prioritize what's important to me and when is it important to say, no, I really want to do this or no, it's cool. Let's just kind of go with the flow. And I think it really comes down to like you're prioritizing what's the most important, what's the purpose that we're here for, and going back to that main goal of why are we all here. And we're all here to spend time together. Mm-hmm. So even though the Stanley Cup is on and it's the last three games, is it more important to go to – a restaurant and watch the game or to stay here with your family. Sort of the same thing with work. You know, it's like, why are so we... So that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone with the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. It cost a huge, oh a huge battle. But but anyway, but so then there's things like that at work, you know, where you're where you're collaborating on a project and, you mm-hmm. know, it could be going another way and it's starting to transition into something else. For me, I always try and come back to the purpose of why are we here and what is the goal that we're working on. And that's sort of when I personally decide, um, do I want to pick this battle or am I going to let it go? And if I see that, see that it's going off track and it's we're sort of losing the main focus, then I stand firm and I'm like, we got to bring it back to what we were here mm-hmm. for. Um, if they're just like little things that maybe aren't that you know, significant to me, but right. maybe more passionate to someone else, but we're still on topic, I'm more than happy to just go with the flow. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think, uh, yeah, it's remembering what the big picture is. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, if so- is someone having a bad day or, you know, we'll just keep <laughs> moving on, but, you know, we have to get, we have to get whatever we're trying to get accomplished. Um, so I think... That would be some of the things that I look at. Lynn, you said uh, someone's having a bad day. I think that that's huge when you're when you're trying to pick your battles because somebody could say something that's rude or cut you off or you know get a little bit too mm-hmm. upset over something in a meeting that you're like, what? What? So you just need to like take a step back and be like, do I really want to start this? The person's obviously not in their right mind today, or you know, they're <laughs> obvious. <laughs> well, you know, not we've all right seen mind. it. We've all seen it. So I think that that's huge. And I think, um, you know, like what you were saying, Jacqueline, is if if you're you're trying to debate if you're going to pick a battle or not, I think just taking a step back, letting it sit for a second, you might be upset about it, or you know, you might you know, disagree with the person or um, the concept of of where that project is going, but just take a step back before you react on it. And I think we all have been guilty of that before, you know, so just keep that in mind in your professional life too. I like that. Take a timeout, a real yeah. quick 10 second yeah. timeout. Like, okay, really? Yeah. You know, like, is this going to matter in five days? You know, probably, probably not. not. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah. That's a good tip. I find that um, as I get older, it's much easier to be more relaxed and to not let the small stuff, you know, you can't sweat the small stuff. But when when I was a lot younger, I mean, I would 
on occasion, probably more than I'd like, I would get on my high horse and ride that, you know, straight out of town. I mean, I was, <laughs> you know, I had, I had a point to make that I was going to make my point, but I find that I don't do that nearly as much as I used to. So uh, I just, you become more calm, I think. But, besi- it, but besides yeah. age, are yeah. you saying that just comes with experience? It does. It, it's not just age, but it's as you, you know, work in different places, I think, too. You learn a little, little bit and you take away from each place that you work at a little bit, you know, because you get different experiences and you look back and you go, oh, maybe I could have done that a little bit differently. Maybe it wasn't all them and maybe it was a little <laughs> bit of me, you know? <laughs> um, I think something that we actually learned here um, is we we all took communication classes and study the different communication styles um, that are out there, and I would recommend any listener to to really look into that and do some research because I think that that opens doors to understanding people, understanding how people communicate, why they do, why their brain works the way that they work, and um, maybe that will help you pick less battles or be less offended, maybe. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, Lynn, your topic is next, and it is important every day in every career. So let's talk about safety. So it is National Safety Month, mm-hmm. which I actually didn't know, but I discovered. <laughs> and it's coming to a quick close, but I thought that this would be a good opportunity to just talk about the importance of practicing safe procedures um, in our workplace. Um, a lot of the information I saw had dealt with, you know, overall living. Mm-hmm. But since we're talking about work, I thought I'd focus on work. Um and just some of the things that uh, we should take time out and make sure that we do. So um, one of the things, though, that I kept reading about, which was interesting, was slips and falls. Oh, yeah. The statistics of the number of people who slip and fall in the workplace um, is amazing. So it's like if you um, have a spill, take, you know— Take the time to clean it up clean properly. It up. Right. So, I mean, that would happen in a factory. That would happen in an office. Anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Falls do relate also to the construction industry, which is oh. interesting. But that is one of the top ones in the construction industry. In fact, 259 oh, okay. out of 738 deaths were related to falls in the construction industry. I mean, that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a huge number. Yeah. The good news is, though, that, you know, since OSHA, you know, got going back in since 1970. Yes, I read that as did well. Did you? The workplace fatalities, you know, have drastically reduced. So Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, by more than 65 percent. So that's good. So the good oh. news is we are full of statistics better. today, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I looked it up in, in preparation. So. <laughs> but deaths and statistics are down. Back in, there was about 38 worker deaths a day in 1970. And now it's only 13, so that's a huge, oh. huge reduction in numbers. I think so. that would just be the most awful place to die is at the workplace. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Depending know. on what you're doing. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and if you do fall, and let's say you fell and you, for example, on your wrist and, you know, it just was sore, but you thought it was going to be okay, um, and then you wake up the next morning and it's swollen, Laura, you should be my my uh, professional that I go to for this, but I'm um, not, not because you're a professional faller. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, but would, would that be okay to go the next morning to HR and report that fall? Or do you think you should do it immediately? Well, you can go the next morning, but you should always report anything immediately. 
Yeah. You know, just because, you know, if you were something like that, if you wait and then it almost looks like something happened at home. Right. I mean, not that it did. You're opening you're yourself always, up for. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it's open yeah. up for question, you know. Right. It just looks better if you're reporting it right away. My husband works in law and he accidents are huge construction yeah. accidents. That's the first place my mind went with um, falls. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, there's some cases that he works on and I'm like, that sounds suspicious. Like. This guy's reporting it like a week later. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. looks odd uh-huh. overall. So, uh-huh. I mean, it, for Even, safety purposes, report it right away. Well, if right. you're trying to build a case, yeah, you right. probably don't want to report it a week later. <laughs> it looks a little suspicious. It does. <laughs> right. So if you fall and you're like, oh, I, I kind of twisted my back when I fell, mm-hmm. just take the 10 minutes to go report it to HR. And if nothing comes of it, nothing comes of it. But yeah. But at least, you know, you can get help and Mm -hmm. you can get assistance versus Mm -hmm. letting it go bad for a week and then it gets worse. And now you're, you know, debilitators. And we we all know those um, men. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) (laughs) those individuals out there that are like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to go to the doctor. But if you're already aware that they fell or had an injury and you Mm -hmm. see them kind of limping or like favoring one side or, you know, Mm -hmm. you can tell like, no, you need to go see somebody because – Maybe that extra push, just being aware, is like an HR or something like that. Yeah, no, definitely got to report that right away. Yeah, stay safe, listeners. We are out of time, and we have a lot to do today, so we're going to close here. But if you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Or let us know about a battle that you picked, but you wish you hadn't. (laughs) Um, For Jacqueline Peterson, Lynn Molitor, and Laura McBain, I'm Azure Mahara. Thanks for listening. 